0: Hi, the is Peoples. You're listening to Your Morning Jacket. Uh, I mean, Your Morning Joe. Uh, Damn, obviously. You're listening to the Your Morning Coffee podcast with Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchart, weekly music news for the new music business. Take it away,
1: guys. From HypeBot, Spotify Wrapped 2021 is here. And from Billboard, the UK's streaming bill is splitting the music business over higher artist royalties and reversion rights. Another one from Hypebot, Adele broke three common release rules brilliantly. Yes. And from Meet Him, Beyond the Stream, music's exciting new monetization models. We've got so much to talk about today. It is episode number 69 of the Your Morning Coffee podcast. Stand by for
0: transmission. This
1: is London calling. Wake up! The revolution is at hand! Your Morning Coffee is on the air. You're on the air. On the air. On the air. On the air. Your morning coffee, the weekly
0: music news for the new
1: music business. It's the highly curated, agitated, advocated, moderated, and liberated digital music information that you need to know.
0: <laughs> we are your digital, music authority. digital Music Authority, and now from our studios in Hollywood, California. Fred, Fred, Here's your hosts, Jay Gilbert and Mike Edgehart.
1: Well, a groovy good morning and a gracious good morning, Jay. How are you, my friend? Good morning it's a little foggy here. it's nice. oh got my coffee and you've been up for
0: hours
1: I've been up for days. I've been up for minutes <laughs> as we say this all the time. Jay and I have completely opposite biological clocks yeah although but you, you can stay up really late too though most people that are kind of morning people are, are have difficulty staying up late. It seems like you also are, can stay up late you just you don't need that yeah, much sleep yeah
0: no I do about five hours a night which you know. Everybody has their own clock, and I don't need a, a ton of sleep. Um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll stay up a little bit late. Usually I'm like an old man. I'm in, in bed by 11. But uh, the other night, man, I, I stayed up really late. But, uh, yeah, uh, so much great stuff to uh, talk about this week. Uh, there's never any shortage never. of great things to talk never,
1: about. Never, never, and never. And this
0: week is super special.
1: Yeah, a lot of great stories. And, you know, and, and we it's worth mentioning that it's hard to decide what to talk about for us every because it, there's so much to choose from. You know, oftentimes the first oh couple things are easy. It's like, yeah, that's for sure, that's for sure. But then it's like, okay, two more slots and we've got like 13 different great stories to chat about. So yeah. where do we go? Yeah. And so it's... And that's the same
0: with the newsletter too. I have oh, to leave yeah. off. See, I, I kind of curate and gather all of these stories that I find interesting. And I go to a lot of great sources, Mm -hmm. you know, to find those. Hypebot, for example, and Music Business Worldwide. And I'll look at my favorite writers like Bobby Osinski and Glenn Peoples and Sherry Hu, and the list goes on and on. But it's pretty easy to curate the things that I find interesting. But then when I get to Thursday, um, and the newsletter comes out on Friday, of course, when I get to Thursday... I've got, you know, 50 articles <clears throat> and there's no way that's going to fit. And I like to feature around a dozen or so yeah. and then kind of second cup laundry list, the rest. And this week there was just so much left off because you have to prioritize, right? What What do you find interesting? What do you think uh, the listeners and readers will find interesting? Yeah
1: but there's just uh, there's never a shortage of fascinating topics oh, sure. uh, to first of all to make the newsletter then to make the podcast and yeah it's it's yeah. it is crazy by the way when we do the podcast we are so lucky to have some fantastic sponsors we are sponsored in part by Tivo Music Metadata dedicated to bringing order to the chaos of digital music Tivo Music Metadata offers obsessively deduplicated artist album and song IDs expert written editorial content and ratings verified images way deep descriptors similar artists band members and influences authoritative credits personalization discovery and search apis purpose-built solutions for classical music and a global connected car platform linking broadcast radio with streaming learn more go over to tivo.com slash music to find out about tivo music metadata because as we know it's all about the metadata it's- it is all about the data. I love those guys so much. Uh, your Morning Coffee
0: podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle's on all-in-one platform, makes it super easy to build beautiful websites and EPKs for your music. All the features you need for a professional website, everything is built in hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to help you sell your music and merch, commission-free, that's key, Commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and live support from their musician-friendly teams seven days a week. Your Morning Coffee podcast listeners can go to Banzoogle.com. Try it for free for 30 days. Just use the promo code MORNINGCOFFEE, all one word, Morning Coffee. That'll get you 15% off your first year of any subscription. That's Banzoogle.com. Promo code Morning Coffee,
1: and we are we are also sponsored by Hypebot since 2004. Hypebot has chronicled the new music industry and the trends and technologies that are changing how music is discovered, consumed, marketed, and monetized. It is edited daily by founder Bruce Houghton with help from Owen Davis. Hypebot and sister music sister blog Music Think Tank are published by live music discovery and marketing platform Bands in Town. Speaking of
0: bands in town, over 65 million live music fans trust bands in town to get personalized concert alerts, recommendations, and messages from their favorite artists. It's the number one artist services platform connecting over 550,000 artists with their super fans. Managers, labels, agencies, and artists access their own dashboard to manage and promote their tours
1: across all platforms. Indeed. Big thanks to TiVo Music Metadata, Bandzoogle, Bands in Town, HypeBot, Band... We really appreciate it. And I also appreciate yes, the chance to hang out with Jay Gilbert, my friend of uh, 22 years. Is that yeah oh my God. Wow. Where's the time, time coach? Time. Hey, we were nine when we met. Uh, Jay, of course, <laughs> is the curator of the Your Morning <laughs> Coffee Newsletter, weekly music news for the new music business and a former executive with Universal Music, Sony Music. And Warner Music Groups,
0: and the gentleman across from me is Mike Etchart, longtime host of Sound and Vision Radio, formerly of SST Records, Warner Music, capital EMI, and Universal Music. And frankly, there's no one else on this planet I'd rather be talking to about this crazy music business than you, my friend. So let's because <laughs> we'd love to do- let's dig in. Before we do that, right? you've got th- there's
1: there's a workshop coming up that you're involved with. I want to talk
0: about. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I have a workshop um, that anyone can join. Uh, and and follow along and participate with um, this coming Wednesday. I'm doing a uh, free workshop called uh, "Create Digital Music Marketing That Works," and I'm doing that in uh, in partnership with a company called Vibrate. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't uh, checked out Vibrate, um, go go check them out. Um, it's just Vibrate.com. V-I-B-E-R-A-T-A. E vibrate.com and you can do a 30-day trial uh, and check it out it's a data platform you know where you can i, I mean we could talk for hours a, about this but you need you need to see it and just check it out it's got a great user interface you can check out you know your streaming and your socials and your touring and your engagement and all sorts of things and it's just a, a fantastic um, product and team over there and I've been, you know, kind of working with them off and on for a couple of years, working with their team and um, advising them a little bit. And uh, I really love the platform. And they ask me if I do this kind of live stream on how you use data in your marketing, which, as you know, is my, my true love. <laughs> you love so, that data. <laughs> yeah, tune in uh, if you can. Um, that is coming up. This Wednesday, and I'm looking at the calendar because I I didn't look ahead. It's the eighth, December eighth, at uh, nine a.m. Pacific time. If you happen to
1: be around, and again, another example of the wonderful times we live in is where you can, for free, uh, listen to someone who knows a heck of a lot about a particular subject and learn and uh, enlighten yourself and. We live in magnificent Thank times you. for stuff like that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um,
0: the The first two stories, um, we're going to wrap into one, mm-hmm. and wrap is probably the right word. They're both yes. on Spotify's Wrapped, uh, W-R-A-P-P-E-D, Wrapped. If uh, you haven't checked out your Wrapped yet, if uh, you're a Spotify user, definitely check it That's out. It's W-R-A-P-P-E-D,
1: by the way, as opposed to yeah. not Wrapped, as in wrapping. But, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so... so you know, and you are, well, we've, we've talked so much about Spotify and how they have to be better, basically have to innovate because they are unique in most uh, of the digital providers of, of audio that this is their only and sole business. <laughs> they got to make it work. And yeah. so, uh, you know, and, and artist rap is one, rapped is one of those, uh, I never would have thought of that, by the way. I can just tell you that right now. I mean, that's such a, it's a cool thing. And again, it's it just shows kind of how they think a little bit outside of the box. And there, I and then you before yeah. we got on, you told me a, a little bit of a backstory about Rapt that, yeah. that it was actually created by an intern that was there.
0: Yeah. Well, there's been a you know some controversy surrounding that because, um, Rapt. First of all, Rapt is is super cool. It's a year end thing where you know they have this really great you know graphical user interface and they kind of tell you about what you listen to and how much time you spent and what kind of moods and genres you listen to and you know there's there's so many great things uh, about wrapped but there was this artist uh jewel ham and you know she was working at spotify as a design intern and she claims that she conceived of the idea and she never knew it would be such a big part of you know the spotify's current iteration of wrapped and uh she's come online and said, look, you know, I, I kind of, this was my idea, you know? Um, and she has some screenshots showing that she really came up with the concept when she was an intern, um, in 2000, I think 18 or 19, she says, and I quote, when I gave the presentation at the end of my intern project, it was received really well. They liked the idea. That was my last day. So, um, There's a really great article um, in Refinery29 and they said that they reached out to Spotify for comment and the company denied that this was accurate. Quote, Spotify is proud to provide young talent from all backgrounds uh, with the opportunity to create, contribute and learn alongside some of the best teams in the business, a spokesman told Refinery29. Since Spotify's wrapped concept was first introduced in 2013, hundreds of employees have contributed ideas and creative concepts and made the experience what it is today. So, um I think what she's saying is that what it looks like now is really based on her kind of uh design. And if you look at some of her screenshots, it sure does, you know, look that way. But it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of people contributed to Rapt. It has been growing. It used to be a standalone site, and they just give you a link and you'd go to the standalone oh, site. Oh yeah, that's right. Now now it's built in. So if you're on you know, Spotify on your mobile device, you just pull up your Spotify, there's a little button there that says, you know, click here for your Spotify wrapped. And I want to tell you a little bit about mine. Okay. Because it's kind of funny. Now, keep in mind, and, and Mike, you know this, um, I use, you know, uh, Pandora, sure. Amazon Music, yeah. Deezer, Apple Music, I use all of these things um, for my work. So it's, This isn't all of my listening, and a lot of it is for work, and a lot of it is for pleasure, but this is Spotify. It says that I spent 4,475 minutes listening to music, and that's more than 44% of other listeners in the United States. And that's for the calendar year, right? um, I believe through November. Okay. Okay. And then my my top songs. (laughs) This is pretty good. Um, Number one is uh, "Heartland" by Haley Witters. I just I love that song. It's just more hooks than a tackle box. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Number two was "Broke." uh by Teddy Swims and that also features Thomas Rett. If you haven't heard broke or seen the video, go see it. It's absolutely charming and if uh your toe isn't tapping, if you're not smiling, maybe you don't have a pulse. Um number 3, uh Teddy Swims again. I can't make you love me. I mean, his voice is just phenomenal yeah. and I I was binging on Teddy Swims for like a week one time. I just I just went deep. His voice. You went deep. <laughs> I went deep and then number 4 and 5 uh the accidentals uh, go getter and vessel and you hear me talk about the accidentals a lot they're my favorite band on the planet and they released an album called vessel um recently that is just phenomenal and I've listened to it a lot. And so the next slide in this uh, uh this I what would you call it you know just my rapt I guess um says my audio aura. <laughs> And it says, uh, you know, based on the moods of the music I listen to, mine is wistful and cozy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's because I listen to so much of that, you know, country coffee house and just those coffee house playlists in general. Like every morning, I I love listening to that gentle singer-songwriter, you know, James Taylor-esque types. I just love that stuff. So my top genres one was power pop. Mm -hmm. No surprise there. Uh, Folk pop, indie pop. Or indie folk, I mean, and then hard rock, which, but you know, they tell you, you know, what genres and moods you listen to, but they also, a lot of this is really funny. They'll say, oh, you listen to that song late at night. Maybe you should go get help. (laughs) They're kind of
1: snarky comments, funny comments. They
0: are. Yeah. yeah, There's one where it says, let's play two truths and a lie. (laughs) And then they show you three things about your listening habits, and one of them isn't true, and you have to guess uh, which one it is. It says that I listened to 235 different artists, um, but things got pretty serious with one, they said. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, that's that's uh, the accidentals. And they said that you know I spent a total of 374 minutes listening to the accidentals and just couldn't get enough of Go-Getter. And, by the way, there are websites now devoted to... People sharing uh, their rap, right? Because a lot of it is a little embarrassing. If you ask people what they listen to, they think of the hippest, coolest thing right. possible. But then you look at their rap and it's like, oh, so
1: you like BTS and the Bay City Rollers? Interesting. <laughs> you know, that's right. It's a little too much information that I want to share. You know, it's, I don't know. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if you need to know that about me. Um, it's a lot of fun. And the, and the one last thing I'll say about it, and we can get into
0: some of these stats, is that each one of you know my artist has a spotify route yeah. and i can go into spotify for artists and the artist can share that i can share that and it really gives you insights on where are people listening to you you know um what's the increase in listenership um all sorts of just tons of great stats and they have it for podcasts too i think i sent you yes, a, you a screen grab yes you did yeah our increases are just ridiculous and
1: people are listening to us in all these different countries. And it was really cool. Yeah, I was just kind of pleasantly surprised to see that. I was like, well, look at that. But again, it's, it's such a neat thing. And it, it, I mean, it's one of those, like I said, I never would have thought of this, but it's, it's clearly, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to look at it. It's just fun to kind of see (laughs) it's been around since 2017, but boy, it's certainly uh, the, the, as, as, as this article pointed out in Hop and Hypebot, um, a lot of people. It's it's just ramped up in terms of interest and people visiting and talking about it. So it's yeah. Go back and see what you what you been spending your time with online, listening to music and and see what's see what's there on Spotify land. So very cool, very yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Jay, let's jump over to this next story and let me get it up. This is and more stuff from the UK. Uh, yeah. It's from Billboard. From Billboard magazine. Yeah. But this is uh, Richard course, Smirk. I uh, uh, wrote this one. The streaming bill, this is the, the title is, The UK streaming bill is splitting the music biz over higher artist royalties and reversion rights. And uh, mm-hmm. this is, again, these are kind of ripples from that tossing that stone in the water back, gosh, when was that? When did the original, was it this last summer, I guess, that it was wrapping up? Yeah. I think it started a while back. Um, the the members of parliament started to talk about how this kind of works and doesn't work and what they propose should happen. And uh, right. now we're talking about certain things about getting musicians and songwriters getting paid. And Yeah you know, it's, it's it's finally coming to a head, right? Yeah. We've been talking
0: about the DCMS uh, for months. That's in the UK, the digital culture, media and sports committee. And finally, this last Friday, um, they debated it. Um, and it'll be interesting
1: to see what comes out of that. But this is, uh, this is starting to heat up. Well, and, and, the funny word that we always kind of stumble on the remuneration of uh, rights word. and well, it's rights and remuneration of musicians bill uh, the copyright mm-hmm. yeah it, it's and by the way in the article it looks like they they even the article it says remuneration and remuneration throughout it i was like is this is this kind of uh, that's not confusing that's not confusing at all and i had to go back and look it up again to remember uh, just to, it just still doesn't sound right. Uh, re- I think somebody misspelled it once and said no. That's the way it's spelled. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but there is a renumeration is literally when you renumber something. So if you it's like not going to put number three is now number six. Um, but it just oh doesn't, I see. But if you look in here, a similar statutory right to equitably renumeration is one of the paragraphs, oh and it's like okay. as if they can't get it get it get it more confusing. But um, So this streaming bill, it's called the Copyright Bill, um, contains four key clauses that could change how royalties are paid out for music streams and radically alter contractual terms between music creators and labels and publishers. Mm -hmm. If eventually voted into law, the bill could set a global precedent for the reordering of the nascent music streaming economy, triggering repercussions for artists, labels, publishers in the UK, and other music markets. Right, but but hang on yep. this this
0: is the thing you know a lot of what you're reading in here can be a little generic high level mm-hmm. and confusing the 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 bottom line to to this particular piece is that you know a similar statutory right to equi- equitable remuneration has existed in the UK for TV and radio broadcasts since 1996. And that's what they're comparing this to, Mm -hmm. where performers receive 50% of the revenues, right? So right now, the way that it works is DSPs keep around 30%. um, 55% is paid out to rights holders, right? And we talked about that before. Rights holders is typically the label, unless you're the the middle class um, kind of artist that it goes through a you know, CD Baby, Distro kid, STEM, whatever, you know, uh, distributor. And then 15% is going to songwriters uh, through uh, the Copyright Royalty Board uh, 3, the CRB 3. But that's not yet ratified. In fact, um, it is still in in litigation. And it's a two-year process we've been talking about. So even though we're going to start CRB 4, Um, now, and it it will go into effect uh, 2023, because it's a two-year process, right? Um, CRB3 isn't ratified yet. So, you know, we've got this fight right now where the DSPs are paying 30%. They they feel like they don't want to pay more. Uh, The labels don't want to pay more. And the publishers, you know, National Publishers, what is it, NMPA, National um, Music Publishers Association, they definitely need to be uh, paid more. And I think it really upsets people. And you probably saw this in the press this last week where, you know, Daniel Ek was in the news because he's worth $3.8 billion and he's investing money in this AI company and people are like, well, wait a second. You know, we're eating sawdust over here mm-hmm. and you're you're making this business off of our backs and and we're not getting equitable remuneration meaning we're not getting paid and yeah, you are that's right and and things are finally after years and years of talking about this stuff um they're having these hearings and yes it started in the uk um but things are happening over here in the united states as well
1: yeah and it but you know there's a there's an interesting um, paragraph in this that it says applying equitably equitable re, and it says remuneration I think they I mean know, remuneration I know, yeah. could boost an artist's average share of streaming royalties from 16.5 percent to 22 percent while reducing the mm-hmm. record labels earnings from 38.5 percent to 33 percent according to calculations submitted by music accountant Colin Young last year to the DCMS committee, so yeah. it, it's it's more, it's better, but it's not like sixteen point five percent to to fifty percent for the artists. You know, it's not a enormously, and it's not an no, enormous. No, but nobody wants to. Nobody wants to compromise. Nobody, wants to, nobody compromise. wants to give. Exactly. You know what it reminds me of,
0: Mike, is um, you and I talk a lot about radio. And um, I had Blake Morgan, uh, Mike uh, Branvold and I had um, Blake Morgan on the Music Biz Weekly podcast this week to talk about radio. And as you and I have talked about, if you're an artist in the United States, you don't make money when your song is played on the radio here, right? And most other countries you do, there are a few exceptions, North Korea, um, you know, <laughs> Russia, China. But we are in that company when it comes to paying our yes. artists. For radio airplay. And the radio uh, world will say, well, you're going to put us out of business if we have to pay for that. No. And it's the same with this article. Yeah, it, They're talking about it's a very, very small percentage, number one, mm-hmm. and then it caps for small radio stations, it caps at like $500 a year. Right. You can't afford $500 yes. a year for your radio station it, that you're getting all this ad revenue from. It's a, and yeah. as you and I know, the, the songwriters, the publishers, are getting paid in the United States, mm-hmm. but not the artists, and it's a small, small thing, but they need to be paid, and it's the same with this, and you're talking about some of these, and I, I highlighted that same area that, that you just um, mentioned You know about those percentages. That's not a huge jump, but I think we all would agree that the songwriters who create this music should be paid more, and these DSPs where people are becoming billionaires... Yeah
1: yeah yeah it's 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 sort of insulting well not sort of it is insulting you know it's like really we can't uh we we can't compensate the people that created the art you know but this has been going i mean in, in various phases throughout the the industry it's been going on for decades um, yes. but it still is 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 galling quite frankly to to to, to hear about this this you know this, this pushback for for what is really not an insane ask. (laughs) I don't think to me it's not. So, well, I
0: think they're smart for making it fair and not saying, you know, look, we, we want 90% of everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is, this is the first kind of step. And, and I just love that we're making progress after years and years of Nope, this is the way it is. Um, they're taking a look at all of these different splits because of streaming, which is 85% of the business today, roughly. Um, the, these songwriters and artists need to be fairly compensated for their music. And yes, you know, I'm not a guy who's going to bash the labels. And Blake Morgan on the podcast said he's not either because record labels are investing mm-hmm. in artists. They're paying for tours and videos and, you know, all sorts of recordings. They're doing a lot. And, you know, nine out of 10 things that some of these labels uh, put out don't recoup some of these developing artists and some of these superstar artists, you know, kind of subsidize that. Well, that's not the same with DSPs. They're, they're a platform, they're pipes. Right. Yeah. And we need to look at the, uh, the last thing I'll say on it is we need to look at the value of the company, not just the payouts. Yes. Right. If, if the payout is this much, you know, per penny or, or per stream, all of that. No, that's, that's a distraction. What it is is watch some of these companies, their stock value increases. They, the company becomes more valuable, and whether they sell or not, that revenue is not shared. You know the artists are not participating
1: in that value,
0: and and I think now that's being talked about, and it's super
1: important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. As we continue to say, uh, we will continue to watch this space <laughs> because it is yes, we will. It is a, a bubbling, interesting thing that's going on, and what will come of it—hard to say. But you know, like a lot of things in life, that they start small and they start with uh, a, a, a group of people, and they kind of have a, have an idea, and it kind of slowly kind of trickles out, and hopefully that will continue, yeah. and we will see some positive yeah. changes. One one last thing, there's another article in your Morning Coffee this week writ- written
0: by our good friend Glenn Peoples over at Billboard, and they're talking about the rates that are paid uh, for non-interactive, like sound exchange mm-hmm. type things like Pandora and Sirius XM. Those rates um, are also being um, looked at very carefully now, and there may be some increases in those rates. So overall, this entire area, will continue to keep you posted on it, but it's very encouraging that the
1: conversations are happening. Yeah. 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 The next article, by the way, Jay, is maybe my favorite one from, from this week's uh, newsletter. It's from Hypebot. It is uh, Adele broke three common release rules brilliantly. So yeah, this was written by Bobby Osinski. Um, uh, Bobby's
0: a friend. I dig him. I love his music 3.0 blog. Bobby's got so much experience. He's written so many books on uh, the music business and recording and engineering, and he's he's just a super great. Uh, well, and he's asset and to- he's a,
1: he's one of a handful of people that I know of that that kind of sees the entire landscape from. You know what kind of cables Good are point. you using yeah. on to record yeah. the music to to the marketing of the music to you know he's he's got a super broad he's a width and he's breadth he's a unicorn yes he is yes he is but the art as it says you know she's her recent album thirty she bends the rules of releasing music so what rules are we talking about that she has broken well rule number one you need a constant stream of releases as as we talk about a lot It's accepted today that you need a constant stream of new music to keep your audience engaged and interested most artists abide by this even some superstars but not adele she's released an album every five years yet she's not forgotten or become old news when the next release date happens it's granted the hype machine began to rev up last year when she appeared with a new sleeker body that made her instant instantly newsworthy but again there's a full three-year lull before that when she was almost invisible and not many artists can survive that in these days of constant engagement. And that is true. I mean, in many ways, you know, we were, we were talking about Bobby being a unicorn. Adele is a unicorn, really. You know, totally. It's, you You yeah. cannot say, well, but she did this. So, in the, yeah. But it's just, you almost, you just have to put that aside. It's like, that is yeah. so not typical. I, I think of it also artists that like a Beyonce may
0: drop something with like no notice. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a new developing artist... You know, you don't drop something with no notice. You right? can do that. And, and to like this point, work, yeah. too, it, to you know, it says it's accepted today that you need a constant stream of new music to keep your audience engaged and interested. And yes, that is absolutely true. And Adele broke that rule and did it brilliant. Yes. Uh, rule number two uh, broken. Physical sales are dying. You know, first of all, according to Billboard, 30's total album sales are six hundred and ninety-two thousand so far. Wow. With physical album sales accounting for four hundred and eighty-seven thousand of that figure. So that's three hundred and seventy-eight, thousand in CDs, a hundred and eight thousand in vinyl, right? And I think they pressed up a half a million. So they're just getting started. But here's the funny part: just under two thousand cassette tapes. <laughs> huh? <laughs> right. Well, it says you know the the big surprise here is she sold almost four times as many CDs and vinyl albums. Considering that it was reported that her label ordered around a half a million vinyl copies, the vinyl sales seem a little low. And in this article, they go two thousand cassettes. I'd like to know
1: who's buying these and why. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the number that jumped out at me though was <laughs> three hundred and seventy eight thousand CDs. I. C- yeah. What was the last artist that sold that many CDs? I don't, I don't know, but it's like unbelievable numbers for her. Yeah. Um, uh, it says yeah. the even bigger surprise is the, is the 205,000 digital album sales uh, since the sales in this category have been dropping like a rock for the last few years. Yeah, and by digital sales, you're, you're saying downloads.
0: But remember, she's an adult artist primarily. Um, she's an album artist, mm-hmm. which is rare today. And she's a physical yes. artist. And it's it's just so, it goes against the grain of everything that we kind of preach to artists. Um, but again, she's a, a rule breaker. And the, and the last one, rule number three, uh, the album is dead. How many times have you heard people don't listen to albums anymore? In fact, the data suggests that, right? And they say in the article, you know, that is a fact in most cases, but not not Adele's. She forced Spotify to forbid shuffling of her album. Remember that we Mm -hmm. we reported on that. Of course, that's only on the paid version. We won't go down. There's an asterisk by that, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You know, did that hurt her
1: sales? Not a bit. She's still number one on all streaming services by a long shot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. As, as Bobby kind of uh, ties a bow around, he says, the upshot is that the general practices apply to most artists, stars and superstars. But every so often, <laughs> there's one that can operate way outside the box and still be successful. So, you know, we yeah. see that, uh, you know, that, that's in in all aspects of life. There are these people that are just so far outside of this, the, the typical sort of what you would think you want to do artist, you know, artist development wise or whatever. Yeah. And you just have to toss this one aside because you can say, Yeah, but that's a love she, it. She's yeah, I do too. Yeah. And I would love to be her manager or her tour manager or whatever, you know, to have to be involved in that process because it's a yeah. unique, unique uh, relationship she has with her artists, or with her friends, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: you and I talked about this maybe offline a little bit. It, we we love these little kind of deep dives that Amber Horsburgh does yes. on marketing setups. She did one on Justin Bieber and uh, I I think they're really fascinating. I sent her a note and saying "Yeah, you should really do one on uh, on Adele cuz I'd love to see how the sausage is made." Absolutely. On the other side of that. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, and and forget the haters because I when this thing was first released I I saw all these like negative uh, comments and reviews uh, about it. Um, I've been listening to it, and I think it's fantastic. It's just her voice is good, the
1: songs are good.
0: You know, if you don't like Adele, that's fine.
1: I do. I do too. Yeah, it's hard to fault her for anything because, you know, and she. uh, I think a lot of her, from what I've read anyway, I think a lot of her artist or her career decisions are are hers. And she's. I think she has a really good antenna for for how to do how to how to how to be an artist. And I think she also has seemingly has Clearly. a pretty good balance, you know, in terms of you know going away. And 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 when she goes away, she goes away. You know, and that's I think that's a, a that's important. You know, we really have an artist is. manager. We have an artist
0: manager who before we started talking about Adele was you know kind of half complaining about one of his artists that they they tweet and post on Instagram so often like what they had for breakfast. And and he said that he hates that because there's no scarcity, right? And you, if you have demand, then you should think about scarcity because Adele is the perfect example of it. She's not overexposed, and I'm kind of sorry that she got so much press last year because she had lost weight. I just think that's, I don't know, yeah. it's, I don't, I don't care what her size is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all i like i like the music you know so anyway um really interesting story about adele breaking the rules thank you bobby uh, osinski another uh well played sir exactly
1: well the next one we we're going to go pretty deep on and this is from medium and this is beyond the stream music's exciting new monetization models and we talk about a lot of these things independently of so important Yeah. yeah and how important this is from Stuart dredge um uh, and this is, you know, if, if you've been around the music business for a long time, you remember and know about Meet Him. And that was an event that used to happen. It was in France, wasn't it? I never went. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, ah. and, and, and annually. Annually. Yeah. yeah. A huge event. And I think it'd been going on for decades. And now, again, yeah. because we live in the times we live in, you can now log in and watch any of these uh, workshops. And this was the first one that I attended um,
0: virtually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, over. Over these live streams that they had, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. I went to as many of these on here as I could, and it was the best online you know kind of conference. Um, that I, don't, I I just thought it was really great. It, it's called the the Meetum Digital Edition Conference, and mm-hmm. it was November 16 through 19. And what I loved about it was the level of people they had uh, discussing things. You know they had uh, Will Page and Vicky Nauman, uh, two people who are I you know absolutely adore, highly respected in the industry. You know Will Page wrote that book Tarzan Economics, which is you know one of those books you need to read and read twice because it's not just about economics; it's about the music industry. And he was Spotify's you know um, chief economist for a while. And we had him on the music biz weekly podcast, just a fascinating guy and so much to learn there. Same with Vicky Nauman. Anyway, that was one of the, you know, kind of keynote things that, uh, you know, they got on and discussed things. And um, they say that if there was one single theme of this uh, conference, you know, it's that, uh, you know, the days of the single key monetization model has gone. And it's something that really your morning coffee is based on, and it's something our podcast is based on, and that is this is a new music business, yeah. And there's it's not just about you know a physical CD in a store, and you get radio airplay, and you go on tour. uh, The end. This is so much not that it's it's really about growing and engaging your audience. It's about all these different platforms, you know, like Twitch and. Uh, TikTok and Peloton and, you know, we could go on and on and on. But um, you can watch these um, panel discussions, you know, on this page. It's in your morning coffee. It's also on YouTube. Um, and I highly recommend them. I'm going to go back because even the ones that I attended while they were happening, you know, I'd get distracted by a phone call mm-hmm. or, and, and that's the thing that's really hard about online conferences, is that if you and I were going to meet him and it was in France, we would tell our friends, okay, we're going to be out this week. Uh, email's going to be a little slow. I'll try to get back to you in the mornings and in the evenings, but I'm going to be out of pocket mm-hmm. for a little bit. But when it's an online thing, you can't do that the same way. <laughs> That's right. Uh, at least I can't No. And so yeah. you're trying to hold your regular meetings and field calls and emails as you're doing this. So it's great that they Post them so you can go back uh, over them. Yeah, and, so, and I would what, also
1: add one thing that's that's again the the times we live in now. In our day in the in the music business, the only people who went to meet him were the international folks or super senior executives. This, it was not senior executives. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, because it, it was a trip to France. A and you know, and that's that's the old music business. What's great, and don't forget, you know, it's be, this is also has such a unique kind of perspective of of out of ex-US basically because you know it's the US is such a big market and and we, you, you get a little bit out of touch with the way things work in the rest of the world by being based in the US and as we did right. in the US based music business that we were involved in you know we, we talk of course about Spotify which came out of the Nordic countries and you know there's the, because there's much smaller countries lots of things bubble under lots of things happen much more rapidly than they, they, do, they do here so yeah. this is such a great way of getting the european the ex-us um perspective of how things are going not 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 dramatically different but it's a different perspective because things can happen much faster over there yeah, and the U.S. is the largest music
0: market. Mm-hmm. But to your point, a lot of the innovations come from these other territories. And when you and I Absolutely. were at universal, we frequently met with the ex-U.S. or international teams, and we all learned from each other. Yeah. Um, prior to that, they were kind of separate entities. And then when we started working together, they started having more and more of these regular meetings and made it more of a global approach. And I think streaming really helped um, with that. And speaking of streaming, the you know, the... One of the first panels, it was building the music company of the future, and um, it it says streaming has far from hit its ceiling, even in the biggest and most mature markets. Merlin CEO, Jeremy Sirota, who I used to work with uh, at Warner, he's actually coming on the music biz weekly podcast. Um, we're seeing, he said, we're seeing the fastest growing markets in 2021 are Turkey, Poland, Japan, Mexico, and the UK and the Philippines. And that just kind of, uh, you know, it puts an exclamation point, um, on our discussions about, it's not all about the U S there's all of these growing markets and, um, Some of them are a little bit late uh, to
1: the party. Well, and it it mentioned, it says, this represents every continent except Africa. Yet when we look at Africa, we're seeing tremendous engagement. We're seeing growth in platforms, and we're seeing the increased efforts to create these customized user experiences tailored for for fans that are country-specific and genre-specific. Now, you know, again in our day the international guys certainly talked about Japan and Mexico, but they weren't really talking about the Philippines or Africa no. so you no. know that that is another uh, new music business which is fantastic you know recognizing yeah. that that these are, are growing markets and tons of people there and it's again something to consider when, when we're looking at at the revenue and the growth of music consumption throughout the world right? right? And we
0: look at trigger cities. Uh, We talk about trigger cities a lot. Some of these markets where it's inexpensive to advertise, inexpensive to, uh, you know, grab a a, a fan, um, and that is uh, emerging. Um, They talk about how, you know, through the pandemic, there's kind of a, a silver lining. You know, streaming's growth wasn't really hurt that much by the pandemic. You know, in fact, some people would argue that it it helped. I mean, I hate saying it that way, but you know, the experience of the last 18 months has accelerated a number of other digital behaviors well beyond music, like gaming, online shopping, video conferencing, you know, so within the music industry, you know, there were a lot of changes, um, but they unlocked new ways of us to reach an audience and, and make money. And SoundCloud's president, um, Elias Satan um, said, quote, just because we're going to come out of that, you know, the pandemic, at some point soon, and we're coming out of it now, doesn't mean we're going back to the way things were. And, you know, we always hear that, well, we have more arrows in our quiver. We know how to live stream high quality. We know how to monetize live streaming. We know experiences, and, you know, we talk about the cameos of the world and the Patreons and things like that. A lot of these things were around before the pandemic, but it lit up under the pandemic and to, you know, this
1: this point... Yeah, we just have more tools now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and one of the quotes they have here, which is also interesting, says, I think that is how 2022 will be defined. We're all going to be going to shows again. We're going to lose as many Zooms as we had. But we're not going right back to where we were and all of these new advancements because it has brought fans and artists closer together among other changes those are here to stay. We're now way down a path that may have taken years longer to get down but for the last year and a half. So it like yeah. as as we've seen throughout history sometimes sort of things like this force change in in faster than it would have come normally and yeah. Again, in the case of it's, a lot of these music things, uh, most, m- much of that has been good, not not to minimize the the devastation that the pandemic brought for many. Um, but in terms right. of things like this, it certainly opened up people's eyes about different ways to connect with artists, to consume music, and they had the time, many had the time to put in to go down those rabbit holes that we love going down. Yeah, yeah. the, the best quote,
0: I think, I think this was Jeremy Sirota that said this, he said, we're in the midst of an evolution of what it means to be a means to build social connections between fans, artists, and their music. And I think that's key. He also said that, you know, instead of planning a release cycle, uh, you need to focus on unlocking things like YouTube Shorts. You know, as you look at vinyl manufacturing lead times, you're creating snap lenses. As you plan your next promo tour, you're pitching music to influencers on TikTok. So it's just this whole new music industry And, you know, we like to say that an idiot is someone who doesn't know what you just found out. So don't feel like you're ignorant (laughs) because you don't know a lot of these things. You know, some of these things have been around for like a week and a half. So you need to test things out. You need to educate yourself and do what's best for your artist, your genre, your mood, your audience, your tribe. And I think that, you know, by attending some of these panels and listening to some of these things from, you know, people like this, it will only help you to do that. Um, the next one, um, uh, niche communities go deeper for artists and fans. And this was fantastic. And I did, I did watch this because I'm a, a big fan of Oana Roxandra. Uh, she's the chief digital officer and EVP of business development at Warner Music Group. Um, and, and she said, you know, today, uh, the traditional streaming platforms enable global scale, massive scale of eyeballs. So if you get on a playlist or you get the right chart or the right radio algorithm, you can be and, and reach all these people in all these different places and really have massive success. But there's also a space for niche communities and micro communities. And I couldn't
1: agree with that more. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and and even in the old music business, you know, that was always kind of what we were trying to reach first, you know. And when you when you talk about art development, um, you don't you you want to get that foundation, that core foundation of fans, and you know, uh, oftentimes, you know, when you're at cocktail parties talking to people outside of the music business, they say, you know, well, wouldn't it be great if that new artist had a, a big hit single? And not well, maybe, but not necessarily, because then people fall in love with the song. You want people to fall in love mm-hmm. with the artist, and so reaching out to these niche communities has always been kind of the core. What I always tried to do with 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 an artist that I was working with, and and being patient, right? But and so now we have the digital tools to to connect with for the artist directly to connect with these niche this this first core group of fans or or a, a small group of fans, and uh, as I said, communities of fans, and that's really what I think technology is, is enabling. It's being able to speak directly to a smaller fan base that is a lot more engaged, a lot more interested in creating value, training, engagement, and opportunity, and obviously a lot of those can be monetized. So yes, you know, finding that that niche community and then having ways to monetize it. That's that's yeah. where things have changed so dramatically in the last decade, let's say.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And you know, one other thing that Roxandra noted, you know, that to your point, fans are definitely driving these opportunities, you know, through platforms where they gather and you know, new digital behaviors, you know, that were kind of accelerated by the pandemic. But she said, it's not creating experiences you think the fans want and and building on top of that. It's, you know, consumers are deciding things. Consumers are. And they're deciding what they want to do and deciding what they want to listen to. And we need to build and enable those experience. You know, we always talk about, you know, you go to where the party is. Mm -hmm. And if the party is on TikTok or if the party is on Twitch, um, you need to be there. You need to try out um, all of these these different platforms and these ways of monetizing, which leads beautifully into the next one of, you know, live concerts return after lockdown, but live streaming isn't going away. Yeah. And that that is so true. It's now part of our uh, release cadence. It's part of our planning. Um, I think it, it's Rick uh, Salmon, uh, CEO of uh, Promoter Drift, said live streaming now fits into the anthology of everything that we do as artists and as creators and people that represent artists. And I think that's a good thing. And and I do too, because at first live streaming was kind of weird. It was somebody sitting playing an acoustic guitar on their couch and the cat was walking in front of the camera (laughs) and it's evolved. And now the sound is better. Um, the visuals Mm -hmm. are better. Um, you know, things like Twitch where it's not on a mobile device that you have to have a computer, a laptop or a desktop, the, the quality and, of the audio and video and the performances. You know, some of those things are world class. Yeah. And so
1: it's evolving, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, it's it may not be for everybody, but it's it's something that could be for everybody, you know. And you kind of have to try it out and see if that works for your audience, but it's a wonderful way. And again, you know, because of the pandemic, we were forced to to develop uh, you know the, the the kind of way these things develop and what works Was going on in in an incubator very quickly, Um, and so we've come out with that's you know, and some artists kill it on live streams, absolutely kill it. Not only, I mean, financially and artistically, you know, they just are, and it's it's uh, you you could they could just communicate that way, and not all can, but boy, the ones that do, it's fantastic, right. You,
0: what you said was key. You know, financially, it's it's not just sales streams and downloads. They can monetize. Um, you know, TikTok's global head of music, uh, Ole Oberman, explained that while most music live streams, you know, on TikTok have been free so far, they've been experimenting with paid events too, you know, because these biggest streaming and social services like YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, TikTok, and others,
1: they want to do more around live streaming events. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's here to stay, and I'm and I'm pleased with that because, yeah, um, it's just fun to see, you know, to see artists, especially oftentimes your first experience with them, would not be at a concert venue; it would be on a live stream, and, and see what they are like live. And yeah, I love checking stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Well, this this next one I don't want to spend a ton of time on because it could be a rabbit hole, but I did attend this uh, panel. Um, it, it's called understanding NFTs, true potential community and utility. Now we could talk for hours about, uh, NFTs and I certainly don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And frankly, if you really want to get into NFTs, um, subscribe to Sherry, who's a Patreon. She has a really great database of basically every music, uh, NFT and, um, kind of all the data you need to know about you know, who's done it, what platform, what it was, what the value, you know, all sorts of things, uh, the offering. And you can learn a lot from that, but um, it says, you know, we've been involved in three different opportunities that all show um, that have all used the streaming experience as sort of a compatible uh, partner, along with some type of NFT offer or drop. And that's also being combined with tours and new releases. Um, NFTs aren't for everyone. And you have to have demand, Mm -hmm. number one, it's certainly even though there's a lot of new platforms out there to make it easy to either create, sell, you know, attach to a marketplace, do your cryptocurrency, and then take that cryptocurrency and convert it back into dollars, it's it's still this nascent thing. And I'm not I know the underlying technology is gonna be around forever. I'm not sure that NFTs as they exist today. Um, will be the same. In fact, I know they won't be the same. It's, It's evolving fairly quickly, but think of it in these terms and then we'll move on is that it's really, you know, kind of like bragging rights. It's a digital asset that you and I could have the same one, but because mine is, you know, the official one that's registered on the blockchain, not only can I sell it, but then when the next person sells it, I participate financially in that. So there's a lot of I mean, again, we could talk about NFTs for a long time, but if, you, if you're if you curious, <laughs> you know, definitely um, check out the uh, NFT um, video that they have uh, on
1: this page. Yeah. One of the other things that was mentioned in the article that I want to go back and check out, actually, this particular. I did not watch this, but I want to go back and see this. Making the most of the emerging creator economy. And, the, you oh. know, they kind of talk a lot about here... Um, You know, what used to be the creator economy in the old music business was relatively small. Uh, Very Mm -hmm. few artists around the world and in most countries were actually captured 80% of the value of the market. But now we live in a world where the creator economy is an economy where at very early stages, all of our creators have market access. And that's a great way of saying it. All of our creators have market access. That didn't used to be the case at all. Some of them are going to remain a hobbyist musician, but some of them are going to become future superstars of tomorrow. But it's interesting of, you know, and that is certainly one of the challenges when you have 50,000, 60,000 new tracks being added to a Spotify every day. You know, it's like, how do you get above the noise? Um, But you just have to, you know, there's... The, the the guy from from Media Mark Mulligan said that uh, mm-hmm. 5 5 million musicians currently self-releasing their music to digital services and are but there are around half a billion people currently either playing an instrument or planning to learn one 55 million who are producing and recording music in some form you've got yes. a an avalanche of stuff coming down and it's That's you
0: know, the creator
1: economy. That's the right creator there. economy. You just, exactly. you just pointed it out.
0: But, yeah. you know, uh, Mark Mulligan, by the way, you know, one of the one of the best. I, you know, I love his team over, you know, Keith Jopling and everybody over at uh, Media. They do some of the best research and we put it in your morning coffee all of, all of the time. But what you just touched on, I think,
1: is very eye opening. Well, and they, and, and uh, this research research consultant, Chris uh, Thacker said we essentially have the yes. collision of two irresistible forces, the irresistible force of this vast growth in the number of music creators and the irresistible force of a finite pot of streaming revenue to be shared among mm-hmm. creators. So that is really uh, a challenge if you are a music creator, which is yeah. you're not the only one. In fact, there's millions of them, and but it's a small pot with which the money is being doled out for that entire yeah. gigantic population of creators. So it's, yeah. it's you know you you have to look outside of this of the streaming box to look at monetization yep. if that if you're an artist 100 percent and that that points us to the next one which is sync opportunities yes.
0: diversity and climate emergency and and sync is one of those really challenging areas and for those that don't know you know sync uh, is really when you get your music in a film TV commercial game. You know, uh, whatever that—that's sync, and there's no statutory rate. Everything is negotiated, so you can make some decent uh, money, Um, especially superstars. You know, I I have one client who bought his house with one sync license, but typically a a sync license is really more like seventy-five hundred dollars or something like that. It's—it's you know depends on what you get. Clearly, a feature film is going to pay more than uh, a clip in a tv commercial Um, but sync is really important and i did i did watch this i didn't come away with any greater understanding sync is one of those strange areas where it's there's only 40 to 50 you know music supervisors on the planet and you know everybody in that business kind of knows who they are Mm -hmm. and these sync firms handle a lot of these cool labels and it's really hard to break into it Um, somebody was asking me one time like how do you you know how do you become like the head of A&R for a label and it's like well you bring them Billie Eilish (laughs) now now you're the VP of A&R at that label Uh, it's I'm oversimplifying it but I think it's true with sync it's developing relationships using platforms like disco, which is what they use mm-hmm. and just being involved and getting to know these people and getting to a point where you can pitch music to them and get them all of the information, things like, you know, who owns the master in the publishing, just all the basics of this stuff. Um, I think that, you know um, it's super important, but I didn't come away
1: with a lot about sync on this other than it's super important to your career yeah but as they say you know wrapping it all together a music industry embracing change and i'm embracing is a funny word um i'm not sure i would say embracing change but acknowledging change and that it's like it's coming whether the bus is taking off whether you're on the bus or not and so uh we've got so many different things that are that are changing a new as it says uh where new music Mo- business models are suddenly springing up to suit large music companies individual independent musicians alike and importantly where these new models can be creatively rewarding rather than simply a pipeline of dollars um, yeah. it's it's a challenging time to be uh, marketing music to be a musician but the the avenues are are gigantic and it's it's yeah. and it's changing every day. And boy, what, what a great resource it is to check and, and hear what these folks have to say. And it's we live in wonderful times that we can you can learn this quickly and not have to go to France, although going to France wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, no, you, I, could, you could yeah. sit at home and, and check these out and hear these people that are experts in the field kind of discussing how it's changing and what we can look forward to in the next year. And it's
0: and it's free. And I it's mean, free. these conferences back in the day, not only were they expensive to get in, but you had to travel, you know, the plane, and the hotel and all of that. And in the comfort of your pajamas, you can sit and watch some of these videos. And I encourage you to take notes. And just one one kind of final thought, um, and I think it was from uh, Molly Newman, who's a president of Song Trust. you know, talking about, you know, the... Things are improving, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion in the music industry. You know, that, those have been some of the biggest challenges and also the biggest opportunities. You know, uh, Medium's kind of breaking barriers, how services are facilitating a more equitable music industry. That session, you know, offered a pretty positive view, you know, of the progress that was made so far. But a clear-eyed vision of the change that still needs to come. And what what Molly Newman from SongTrust said is, you know, I'm, I'm really motivated by how our companies and our industry can commit to a real improvement and balance. So, you know, highly recommend, you know, grab your morning coffee, you know, check out the, the title is Beyond the Stream, Music's Exciting New Monetization Models. This is probably the most important um, part of the music industry
1: today. And this is just such a great resource. And the last uh, quote actually is is a great way to end this episode, which is change requires continually reinventing your approach to the market. The new leaders who will succeed are going to be those who embrace an important truism. Change is endemic to music. So absolutely. And Jay, on that note, on that note, it's time to wrap up episode number 69. If we were just, we are ticking it down. We're it's that, that, that one hundred episode mark is kind of coming fast, which is exciting. Wow, can you believe it? I can't believe it. It, it. It's really exciting, and and for those that caught the the intro,
0: that's kind of our alt, alternate intro. It's one of my uh, favorite songs. That was "Click Click Boom" uh, by Saliva. Great song. And it's you know I saw them open for Kiss one time, and I when they played that song, the crowd went crazy, and
1: it's just such a fun song, and it just. Uh, Really a fun uh, alternative intro. Absolutely. We do, we, we do want to thank uh, TiVo Music Metadata, Banzoogle, Bands in Town, and HypeBot, our sponsors for putting on the show. Couldn't do it without them. And Jay, yes, I'd sir. like to thank you. It's always so fun to see you, uh, which is now on a Saturday morning, and doing our boogie. And we certainly appreciate... Best part of my weekend, my friend. Well, and we Best appreciate part. the folks that listen in. So thank you for listening in, because without yes. you, we could not do this. So we certainly appreciate it. So on behalf of Jay and myself... Thank you for listening in. We'll be back next week on the We'll be back next week on the Your Morning Coffee podcast.
0: You've been listening to Your Morning Coffee, the weekly music news program for the new music business. Join Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchard next time for the digital music news you need to know.